Sometimes you just need to hear words of wisdom from someone who has already gone through what you have. And today we are getting just that. You are about to gain insight from a seasoned mom who has so much wisdom to share. Heather Escamilla is a spouse, a mom to four with over 24 years of mothering under her belt, and a self-proclaimed modern 1950s housewife. Speaking with her really taught me how to focus on priorities and what really matters. Hint, it's not having a Pottery Barn catalog house. I know you'll get as much from hearing from her as I did. I also want to thank you for your continued support on this new podcast. If you are loving it, the best way to help support it is to review, rate, and share the episodes. Your positive feedback and shares truly mean the world. Hi, and welcome to the Choose Mom podcast. I'm Trish, a military spouse, mom to three girls, and nutritional therapy practitioner. As moms, we make a million choices each day, but how many of those choices actually put us at the top of the list? If you're anything like me, that answer is very few, but that's about to change. So join me on my journey to choose myself again and to hear the stories of other mamas who are doing the same. Hey, Heather, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I am so excited to talk to you. You are someone that I have looked up to for a really long time. I've known you since before I had children, and I just knew even before having kids that you were someone that I kind of wanted to model my mothering after. You just really portray this warm, loving motherhood aura around you, I guess, and and I know a lot of people in our community look up to you for that. So if you wouldn't just mind introducing yourself, tell us about your kids, your family, and then we can continue on. All right. Well, thank you. That's nice to hear that. So I take being a mom extremely serious. Um, when Chris and I met 20, well, 30 years ago, um, we had no idea this journey that we were going to embark upon. His knowledge of the military was very small for being at the Naval Academy, and mine was nothing. So we thought, okay, we're going to get married and we're going to spend all this time together and you know, life is going to be great. Well, as anybody in the military knows, that's not normally the case. So we haven't spent nearly as much physical time together as we'd like to. Um, but we've been married for 28 years and we have four children and they range in age from 24 to 10. Um, and we decided very early on in our marriage that because of the job that Chris had, we needed to make sure that we had some sort of stability within our family. And that stability with our family came from me. And we often joke that we are a modern day 1950 family because that's kind of how we operate in our house. I take care of all the house stuff so that he can go to work and do his job and provide for our family. Our kids, as I mentioned, are kind of spaced out in age. Uh, definitely was not planned that way. Um, Sammy and Christopher, our older two, came first and we kind of thought that we were done with two kids and then uh, somebody else had other plans for us and we ended up with Peter and Benjamin. <laughs> Benjamin being the ultimate surprise child. Um, but nonetheless, they have all brought us great joy and um, you know we've been able to actually witness for our, our family measurable success with our kids because I do have two older kids that have done, gone on to do great things. Um, our oldest just got married. And so, you know, I know that things that we chose to do with our family and how we chose to raise them has worked for us um, because I've actually been able to see it all the way through. Okay. So you have four kids, which is a full-time job and then some in itself, but you, they all seem so well-adjusted and so successful and happy. And 
and you seem to be able to get everything done. So I just need to know, like, how? <laughs> how are you able to do all this? There's a lot of smoke and mirrors that go on. No. So one of the things, you know, we really focus on our family. Our family is paramount to us. The, the four kids, whether you like it or not, that's what you've got. And so we need you need to make it work. You know, they don't always get along with each other. They don't always agree with each other. And especially with the the, the age difference, um, sometimes it can be different. But we always focus on the family. And when we make, when we move, we, obviously they don't have a choice that they have to move, but we make it as positive as we can be. You know, as a mom, your kids feed off of you. They, they see the way that you act. They understand your emotions and feelings. And because they're with you most of the time, they can mirror how you act when it comes to certain situations. And so when it came to moves, whether I was happy about it or not, my kids would never know because we pulled out the books and found out the playgrounds and we looked online at restaurants and we did all the things to get them excited about it. And that helped them to adjust to the situation because they saw me having to adjust to the situations uh, that that we would put them in. Um, We often tell them that you have a choice. You could be the host of the party or you could be the guest of a party. And the guest kind of stands at the wall and just watches everything. And the host says, hi, how are you doing to everybody that comes in? And so we, we kind of give them that, you know, try to be the host of the party. You don't always want to host the party, but it's, it's, it's easier to host and make friends and be around people than it is to kind of stand against the wall and watch it all happen. Um, so that's, that's one way that I've really encouraged my kids to be grounded and well-adjusted to situations. And again, because I have two older ones that have gone on to college and have had to do it on their own without me, I've watched them be able to do it and they've done it fabulous. You know, they, they make friends and they're part of different groups and they adjust very easily to new situations. So, so it seems like you're nailing the part of your quote job where, you know, you're raising your kids to be outgoing and well-adjusted and be the host of the party so that they have the confidence to go on and and live successful lives. But how about all the other not as sexy stuff, you know, like the housework and the other things that go along with with being a stay-at-home um, mom? You know, you, you said I seem to get it all done. Um, our standards in our house, I don't feel like I have to have it all done all the time. It's okay if laundry doesn't get folded. The things that I'm the biggest stickler on are mealtimes in my house. I'm a crazy menu planner person. And I love to know what we're having for dinner and that that I have all the ingredients and stuff of that. I hate it when it's four o'clock in the afternoon and I look in the fridge and I've got no clue what's going on. So that's just one thing that's small, but, and so that's, it's one kind of a trick that I tell moms that are always struggling with things. Like if you can have that, even if that's the only thing you have planned for the day that you know what you're going to have for dinner and you know what you're going to have for dinner the next two nights and you have all the stuff for it, it's a huge stressor that you don't even realize takes up a lot of your time and your thoughts. Yeah, I am really learning how true that actually is now that my kids are getting a little bit older and are in after school activities. It's just there's so much running around after school that if I don't have something prepared ahead of time or know what we're doing, like it's just a complete disaster. So being prepared for that is, I find that to be really helpful. Absolutely. Absolutely. I sit down with our calendar on Sundays and I look at our week and I say, okay, what do we have going on this week? Like, I know we've got baseball, again, just a stressor that's kind of off my plate right now because I know it's going to be taken care of. So I'd like to talk to you about lowering your standards, if that's okay. So for me, 
I feel like this is something I definitely have to work on. I like my house to be super clean because I think it's a control thing. Oftentimes in motherhood, I feel like things just can feel very out of control. And having my house clean is something Absolutely. that I, I can control. So it gives me that, that you know, that, that sense of not power, but I don't really have a better word for it where it just makes me feel secure, if that makes sense. It's just one thing in my day that I control. Absolutely. So I'm just curious if you lowering your standards and realizing like it's okay for things not to be perfect is something that you developed over time or how were you able to relinquish that? I think it's developed over time because I did think for a while there that you had to have everything done. It, everything had to be done. Everything, you know, all the laundry always had to be done. The house always had to be dusted, things like that. Um, one, of the, one of the ways I kind of deal with that is we tend to always live in multiple story houses. And I never really thought about this much until really the house that we're currently living in. It's a pretty open floor plan on the main level. So when you walk in, you don't only just see the living room, but you see the kitchen and you see all the things. And if I can keep that level of the house clean, because that tends to be if somebody were going to come in and an unexpected guest come over, or visitor, something like that, they could see that part of the house. If I can keep that part of the house clean and organized, I don't really care what my kids' bedrooms look like. Nobody needs to go up there and see that. That's where they live. And if they want to live kind of like that, that's okay with me. Nothing has to be like Pottery Barn catalog looking like, you know, when you walk into their bedrooms sort of thing. We live in the kitchen. We live in the family room. So those areas that we all live in have to be pretty much up to snuff and bathrooms need to be clean and things like that. But, you know, again, right up, right upstairs right now, there's three baskets of laundry waiting for me to fold them. They've been waiting since Saturday. It just hasn't happened yet. It will, but it just hasn't happened yet. So it sounds like as you've gone on through your motherhood journey, you've really just learned how to prioritize and realize what's actually important and what can let go. And that's really valuable to hear. So thank Absolutely. you for that. That is definitely something that I need to work on. I think I hold myself to a level that is a little probably too high. I mean, my house is not perfect. Like I don't keep it perfect, but I just, I feel like I'm always just constantly just trying to keep everything as like neat and pottery barn like as possible because I, I don't know, there, there is no good reason for it. So that is something that I really could work on. Now, one other thing that I don't know if you can relate, but sometimes Paul will come home from work and, and he will, you know, he'll see dishes in the sink and he'll start doing the dishes or the kids have left you know, whatever on the floor and he'll go and pick that up. And I, I know he's doing it to be helpful and to try to be a good husband because, you know, he's participating in, in the household, which is, you know, a partnership. That's what he should do. But I always feel insulted. It makes me feel almost like I didn't do my job today. Like my husband came home from work and now he's cleaning the house too, which is something that I should have done, which I know is a terrible mindset, but I, I need to get over it. But I'm just curious if that's something you've ever struggled with. Um, and it's it's hard because you're right. You know, if you walked into his office and you started typing an email or something like that, he'd be like, "What are you doing?" And that's kind of how I feel. Um, my house is my workspace, in essence, and this is all my job. So we've established that putting your family's needs is something that was really important to your family, as far as how you structured it. But I'm just curious how, with doing everything for everybody all the time. How do you also make sure that your needs are met? How are you prioritizing yourself? You know, that's kind of the essence of this podcast is how can we be the best mom we can while also honoring ourselves and making sure that all of our needs are met? 
because I have structured our family the way that I've structured our family and without, um, you know, working outside of the home, my biggest, the biggest thing I love to do is I do love to nurture, care for, help other people. That's just what I do. I am definitely built to help other people, which with Chris being in the military lends itself very nicely to a lot of volunteer organizations that I've chosen to become part of. And that's how I take care of myself. It may not seem very different than what I do in my house because you know, I'm taking care of kids, but then I go volunteer with groups where I'm taking care of adults and helping them. That's how I have found myself, really. It's just being able to continue helping other people. And my volunteer opportunities, um, just making sure that I surround myself with good people and good friends and taking those times when I know that I need to be with those friends. You know, I, I know when, when my glass is empty and I need to refill it with being around other people. COVID was horrible for me because I wasn't able to be around other people. I I love to entertain. Chris knows that pretty much on a quarterly basis at our house, we have a party, a big party. And while some would look at that as a stressor or work, that's how I fill my cup. I, I entertain other people. I bring other people into my home and, and do things like that. So, um, you know, the taking care of myself, it, it really, it just comes from being around other people. Some people go like they, they have to go get a massage or something like that. I like to get a massage, but then I'm by myself and I'm not with other people. So <laughs> I, just, I just like to be with other people, helping them and uh, finding ways to uh, help them better themselves. It's so funny because I am the absolute complete opposite. If I need to fill my cup, I don't want to see anybody. For the most part, I love to be by myself. I love my quiet time. Um, yeah, it's just funny, you know, how filling our cup looks so different for everybody. So maybe it's just the age of my kids that, you know, they're they're young, they're intense, they're in your face. So I don't get a lot of physical space. But I'm just curious, you know, when your kids were younger, did you kind of feel the same way that you that you didn't need that time alone? No, I definitely, when my kids were younger, you know, that tended to be the time that my husband was gone more. And so, you know, I, I laugh now. He's home every single night now. And I don't need him to be here every single night now. I needed him 10 years ago. Yeah, you really needed to be here, but not now. Um, but yeah, when they were younger, and, and you're right, when they're all in your face and it's constant, you know, now I can say to my kids, go get your own food, go do your own thing. I mean, they're pretty much self-sufficient except for the driving piece. 10 years ago, yes, I liked to, you know, everybody, you stay at home, I'm going out, I need to do something, whether that was just go to the grocery store alone. You know, that was a, always a big deal when, when the kids were little. So there definitely was a time when I felt like I just needed to, um, to get away from everybody completely. It's so hard to visualize now with my kids being so young, that one day, like, you know, they won't be around all the time. And it's, it's so weird to think about. And I know as I go through this journey, my wants, my needs, their wants, their needs, you know, will change and evolve as, as they should. One thing that I learned from you, or I, I remember you saying, and I, that has always stuck with me, was that you said you felt it was even more important for you to be home with your kids as they were teenagers than when they were little. And I would love if you can just elaborate on that. Yeah, as, as my kids, as they have gotten older, they like knowing that I'm always here. They like knowing that no matter what, somebody's going to be at the soccer game, at the chorus concert, at the debate club um, contest or whatever it is. So they always know that 
because I've chosen to be home with the kids that they can count on me to be wherever they need me to be. They like knowing that if they get sick during the day at school, that I'm going to be able to come pick them up. You find out so much information if you're available to drive carpool. And not only do you have them in the car, but you've got five other teenage kids and they're talking about all kinds of things. And you don't participate in that conversation. You just drive that car. But boy, you're listening to everything that they're saying. <laughs> for better um, or for worse, I guess. Yeah. That doesn't mean I'm being their friend because we can you know, hang out and, and listen to the same music. But they like that I take that effort to understand their lives and the point that they're at. We've made our house the house that, you know, anytime, if you want to bring your friends over, please bring your friends over. I would rather know where my kid is and have their friends at our house than have my kids be not in my house and not knowing what kind of house they're hanging out in and what kind of people they're hanging around with and and things like that. You know, I have found that from some of my kids' friends, knowing that I'm always around. They trust me. But just by being a listener to them and being there for them has helped so much with that a middle school, high school age. Um, you know, Christopher today, it's, it's only 1230 here in Virginia. And Christopher from college has called me three times today to tell me either a funny story that happened with one of his roommates, uh, that he got a little promotion at his job that he does on campus and ask me a question about where to buy fresh avocados because he wants to impress a girl by making guacamole. Like, you know, these are the things that my kids will call me about. I've talked to my older two today, probably more than I've talked to the two that live in my house today because of the relationship that we have with them. So just being present for them, you know, builds that trust so much. Love hearing about how good your relationship is with your older kids, because I'll be honest, um, Lately, I've found with my girls, you know, they're young and they're pushing limits. We've been having some issues with mouthiness and disrespect and yada, 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 all that fun stuff. I'm just curious if you've ever experienced that with your kids and um, how did you squash that? So honestly, um, I mean, my kids are not perfect. So yeah, yes, we we have had times when, when they like to push the envelope a little bit. Sammy and Christopher were very easy kids. Peter has been our challenge and he pushes the envelope a little bit with, with Chris, especially he likes to push the envelope and, you know, it really just comes down to as a parent, the consistent behavior, you know, you're not going to get away with it today, tomorrow or ever. Even if my guard is down, it's just not going to work. The other (laughs) controversial, perhaps parenting style that we had is we instituted cold showers when they were little And a cold shower happens if you are just at the point of no return. So if you, regardless of what you have on or whatever, you'll get picked up and the shower will go on. And for two seconds, you get put in the shower, you get taken out of the shower. It shocks the kid. There's no marks. Nobody's hurting anybody. It's just cold water. And then you take them out, you wrap them in a towel. And as they're calming down because they don't understand what just happened, you are reassuring that, you know, okay, are we at a place now where we can talk? Can we, can we get through this? And um, we've kept count in our house. Sammy required one cold shower. Christopher had three. Pete's had quite a few. And Ben's had two. So um, there you go. (laughs) But see, that's real. And that's so good to hear from you because, you know, you're the mom that, you know, kind of has it all together. And even your kids need that cold shower sometimes. So just even hearing that is so validating. So. I would just love to know if you could give advice to a mom of like one actionable step that she could do today to make her life a little bit easier. 
what would that be? So I think, you know, being a mom, we all do it differently. You know, I think we put so much pressure on ourselves. Um, You know, back when I was a kid, there was no Pinterest. So when it came for birthday parties, you know, you just got a cupcake and, you know, maybe it had a, a ring on top of it or something. Now it's a kid's birthday and it's all, you know, crazy. And I think as a mom, we put all this pressure on ourselves to be like the person that we see on TV or the person that we see online or things like that. At the end of the day, as a mom, if your kids are smiling, if they have food in their belly, if they have a warm place to sleep at night, if they've got clothes on their back, you've done enough. You know, you, you, you just need to take a step back and say, okay, what are the really important things for my child to be, to be happy? You know, it's, it's the food, it's the warmth, it's, it's feeling loved, you know, and, and sometimes you just have to stop and say, hey, come on over here and give your kid a hug and realize that you're okay. I'm going to start crying about this. You know, you're okay. You, you've done enough and you really just need to focus on the important things. And as long as your family is doing that, then you're doing enough. I think that's something that a lot of us need to hear, you know, with social media and the comparison game, there's so much pressure on us or we put so much pressure on ourselves to be able to get all of these things done and that everything has to be perfect, especially if you're newer to the mother game. And really, I think we need to give ourselves permission to realize that those things are not important. If we can go to bed at the end of the day with our kids' needs being met, and they're being somewhat happy and our needs are met and we are somewhat happy, then I think, I think we're doing enough. So exactly. And, and I think too, that you can't always compare your family to everybody else's family. You know, for instance, my kids, I breastfed my kids, each of them for two years. Did I do it because that was my goal? Cause that's what I wanted to do. Absolutely not. It just was what worked for our family. Um, you know, do we, we co-slept sometimes, you know, people have very differing opinions on that, but it worked for our family and, you know, me staying at home and being a a full-time stay at home mom for the past 24 years, that's, what's worked for our family. It doesn't work for everybody else. And I'm not here to say that that is what you have to do to be a successful parent because lots of parents do it other ways and make it just as successful as I feel like our kids are. So is I think if people stop comparing themselves and just look inside of their own four walls and realize, you know, this is what's going to be the best way for our to, us to make our family work, to meet our goals and to meet the goals that we have for our kids and our family, people would be so much happier. I mean, it's so true and it's so easy to compare, but what really matters is, you know, what's inside our four walls or our head or our heart. And that is where we need to focus. And oftentimes that's kind of the hardest place to look, you know? Um, that's definitely something that I need to work on. And it's really good to hear from someone who has a lot more experience than me that is able to do so. So thank you for sharing that. I would love to ask you two lightning round questions before we end our interview today. So, so my first question is, is there a phrase or a motto that you live by as a mom? It is what it is. (laughs) That's, um, my dad used to say it a lot. And it just is kind of weird how Chris and I employed it into everything that we kind of do. It's just, it is what it is. And sometimes it is great. And sometimes it really stinks. But it is what it is. And it can work in uh, in multiple different ways. So you, know, you put things behind you sometimes. It is what it is. And move on and, and go on to the next thing. 
I love that. And it also just gives you permission to let go, you know, just accept it and realize it is what it is and just move on. And my last question is, and this is kind of my own selfish question, but I just love to read. So I'm always looking for good book recommendations. So do you have a book that you've read that's changed your life or just a really fun read that you would want to share with someone? Okay. So my favorite book, um, it goes back from when I actually did teach school and it's a children's book. Uh, the bridge to Terabithia is my ultimate favorite book. Um, and I think it can be applied at, you know, as a child, you know, you, you saw it for what it was. It was just like a kid's book. You can apply it as an adult, but it's not exactly a, a happy book, you know, but it, it's a great book and nothing life changing there. It's just a great book that I love. <laughs> I've surprisingly never read that one. So thanks for sharing it with me. And thank you so much again for your time today and being vulnerable and sharing about you and your family. It is so appreciated. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's like I told you in the beginning, it's a mother has a job that I take very seriously. I take being a wife very seriously and, um, you know, just giving people permission to do it the way that they need to do it, I think is important for everybody to hear sometimes. It totally is. And I think a lot of people will benefit from hearing that from you. So thank you again so much for your time today, for everything that you've shared. And I cannot wait to talk to you soon, Heather. Have a great one. Thank you.